Welcome back. Welcome back, listeners, for our final episode. My name is Crystal. And I'm Stephanie. In this episode, we will be discussing how narcolepsy impacts the digestive and urinary systems, as well as the respiratory system of the human body. Let's get started. Hey, Crystal. Let's start off discussing how the respiratory system relates or is impacted by narcolepsy. Sure, Stephanie. Extensive daytime sleepiness, EDS, is the main complaint given when an individual goes to the doctor before getting diagnosed with narcolepsy. I remember from earlier episodes that we mentioned that narcolepsy is extremely difficult to diagnose and is often diagnosed as something else. That's right, Steph. I found research study looking at the comorbidity of narcolepsy and a sleep disorder, breathing disorder, where often diagnosed together. Wow. What qualifies as a breathing disorder they were studying? During the sleep study, the researchers define this as the absence of airflow in the upper airway with and without rib cage and abdominal movement. These disorders were obstructive sleep apnea and central sleep apnea. CSA. Is there a reason for this dual diagnosis? Well, researchers noted that individuals suffering from type 1 narcolepsy often have a higher BMI, which put them at risk for breathing disorder like sleep apnea. I see here that patients with narcolepsy hypocretin deficiency have decreased ventilatory response to hypoxia, but not hypercanapia. Could you explain hypoxia and hypercapnia? Sure, Crystal. Hypoxia is referring to low oxygen levels in the blood. This is often seen most with individuals with sleep apnea. Basically, the individual stops breathing for a few moments of time. Oh, wow, Steph. That sounds terrifying. I completely agree, Crystal. I've heard someone with sleep apnea stop breathing before and it made me feel panicked. The difference between hypoxia and hypercanapia is what component of blood the doctors are focusing on. While hypoxia is the lack of oxygen in the blood, Hyperkinapia is an excess level of carbon dioxide in the blood. So how does one treat sleep apnea? Well, this is where it gets confusing for doctors and patients. Sleep apnea is treated with a CPAP machine. What's a CPAP machine and what does it do, Steph? It's basically a mini ventilator. CPAP stands for Continuous Positive Airflow Pressure and provides a continuous flow of oxygen. This helps prevent hypoxia during sleep apnea and gives the patient a supported amount of oxygen that is to be absorbed. You said that it's confusing regarding treatments? What do you mean by that? It becomes confusing when an individual has both narcolepsy and sleep apnea. Research has found that a delay in diagnosing narcolepsy when they also have sleep breathing disorders can be years. So how do doctors know it's also narcolepsy? Another research study concluded that for an accurate diagnosis, EDS is one of the symptoms to isolate. Those that have sleep apnea and are also narcoleptic do not have success with getting rid of EDS with the CPAP machine alone. I can see where it can be confusing and even frustrating for both the patient and their doctors. Exactly, Crystal. The more research that is done on narcolepsy will hopefully help individuals have access to accurate diagnosage. Now that we've covered narcolepsy's impact on the respiratory system, Let's begin to focus on the digestive system. Orexin triggers the movements that pushes food through our body. So if your orexin 
levels are low, your digestive system slows down. Orexin is produced by the hypothalamus gland and functions as the regulation of appetite and sleep. Scientists have done many studies on glucose levels. If you haven't eaten through the night, your glucose level will be low, which makes sense. This eventually turns the orexin production up. This is super interesting. Is this what alerts you to get up and eat something? Exactly, Steph. This translates in a few different ways and has several effects associated with alertness and wakefulness. Not only do we find orexin in the brain, it's also in our gut. Orexin is also found in the urinary system. Is that true, Steph? That's right, Crystal. For our last topic, we'll be discussing how narcolepsy interacts with patients that have kidney disorders. First, let's start off with a simple definition of a kidney disorder. Kidney disease means your kidneys are damaged and can't filter blood the way they should. Kidney disorders have been associated with a variety of sleep-related disorders. Therefore, researchers are placing a greater emphasis on finding the role of chronic kidney disease in the development of sleep apnea. Unfortunately, the presence of other sleep-related disorders with chronic kidney process has not been investigated with the same clinical rigor. Have there been any studies on sleep disorders associated with chronic kidney disease? Recent studies have shown that an abundance of sleep disorder and associated with chronic kidney disease. Just like there are a few non-chronic kidney disease-related disorders that are associated with sleep disorders. Patients with kidney disorder are afflicted with various types of sleep disorder. The first disorder that is associated with chronic kidney disease is restless leg syndrome. The second is obstructive sleep apnea, and these are the main sleep disorders that have a major effect on patients with CKD. Kidney dysfunctions might be associated with profound effects on physiological function, which also connects to narcolepsy. The prevalence of sleep disorder ranges from 20 to 70% among patients with CKD and from 44 to 95% among those undergoing dialysis. These are the main pieces of information that have been researched by multiple doctors and or scientists. It is important to note that the main two sleep disorders that affect individuals with chronic Kidney diseases are RLS, restless leg syndromes, and obstructive sleep apnea, OSA. Further research is needed to investigate the prevalence of narcolepsy among those with OSA in this situation. I hope our listeners have enjoyed this series on narcolepsy. This concludes our final episode of our podcast. On behalf of Steph and I, we want to close off by saying thank you listeners and thank you Dr. TB for giving us this opportunity to know a lot about our topic that was assigned, which was narcolepsy. And most of all, understanding the knowledge and the concept of how important human anatomy and physiology is to human society. Thank you, Dr. TB. Thank you, Dr. TB.